1: And three hundred and sixty-five day returns.
2: Well, hello. Why are you talking like that? <laughs> because I don't know. This is an exciting. Because you got a tea dress on. It, is it a tea dress? It
3: looks like a bit of a tea dress. It looks it's like. Me, uh... It looks.
2: You look like you look like the queen today. The queen. Yeah. Does the queen wear neon? What print would you say this is? Well, it's like flowers, isn't it? But is it's, like it? A, it's like a tea dress.
3: Mm. It's, very, it's very sensible. Yeah. Sensible. I like it. It looks I nice see. on your aims. I like it. I like it a lot. <laughs> <laughs> so how are you
2: today? I'm very well, thanks. Yeah. Aunt Harry, yeah. Oh. And we're on number 15. This is number 15. See, I know. Well done. Are you oh, proud of me? I, yeah, but you know why it's good? Why? Because it's... Number 15, 15 Minute Parenting. 15 Minute we Parenting. we did plan that out. With Joanna Fortune. For Joanna Fortune, Miss Fortune. She's very good. She's, this is a, one of my favourite podcasts ever, I think. Firstly, just because her voice is so nice to listen to. Yeah. She's got the nicest, softest voice. She's but got also, a little, she's like, it's, it's like a singy-songy voice. Yes, yeah. yeah. and because she's just fascinating she's a child psychologist and she's just got the nicest attitude because i was a bit to be honest when we got contacted about having her on as a guest i was a bit like 15 minute parenting (laughs) i'm a single parent yeah no it's really not like that at all she's so nice and so inclusive and it really is an eye-opener i think uh, for me, definitely. Well, anyway. yeah, because
3: you're like a good case study, aren't you? I am a good case study. Like, because it it just allows you to hear, like, you know, how, how what the approaches you should do, not the approaches yeah. you shouldn't. Yeah. So you're a good bit of a. Case <laughs> yes. <laughs> Fuck
2: off. <laughs> Actually, it made me feel like I'm doing the right thing. And it was just, I just, I thought it, the whole thing was absolutely fascinating and I would. If I could, I'd find her up once a week and just have a good chat. With oh her Jesus, poor Joanna, everything. that would be hard work, wouldn't it?
3: <laughs> Amy on I'd speed, that, dial. Though.
2: Yeah, I'd love that.
3: But but basically, it talks about activities, yeah. Um, sort of the attachments of parents, how to overcome that. It talks about baby relationships. Yeah. Um, talks about uh, magical thinking. and I really like the one thing that I really like is the um, sort of approaches and tips
2: yes that you can get from her she's quite insightful she's also got a child of her own yes she has she's a parent as well so she's not just writing a book she's not a dog (laughs) trainer that wrote a book on how you should bring up your kids No. no so yeah but Check it out. Check it out and and, and check out the, the, the books as well. Yeah, 15 minute parenting by Joanna Fortune. We'll post all the links and everything as always, yeah. as anyway. But yeah, enjoy and enjoy. see you on the other
3: side. Ciao. Ciao. Work. Work.
0: Okay then. Let's go. Hello. Hello there. Let's go. Hello. <laughs> it's
2: we're very excited today because we have is Joanna Fortune? Well,
0: I'm nice it to have here. <laughs> it's very nice <laughs> to have you here. Would you like to tell us a little bit about what you do? Yeah, so I'm a psychotherapist. I specialize in parent-child relationships from pregnancy right up to young adulthood, which these days is defined as twenty-five years old. So you know, I did actually wow. read an article that said you could be a young adult until you're thirty. But I, I figured if you still think, three, but if you think you're a young adult at thirty, is that not part of the issue? You know. So yeah. let's go with the twenty-five. Yeah, and um, so I work with the relationship between parents and children. And so that's a dyadic way of working so it's not like a child is my client or the parent, it's the relationship between the two, so that's an area I specialise in Um, and also some attachment and trauma recovery work that I do Yeah. So Joanna
3: would you like to move in with me? (laughs) A nice live-in
0: case study Yeah, Yeah, yeah
2: You're very, very welcome
3: I can bake you lots of cakes and lots of nice things to eat
0: That actually sounds like a good deal
3: <laughs> so how it are does.
0: you? dealing with people online are you seeing clients online during this time well I don't do too like I'm doing some parent consultations and I've always had a couple of clients I've seen online for various reasons that it, they just yeah. can't leave their homes for lots of reasons so I, I'm maintaining those I'm trying not to start any new client work online I personally yeah. prefer to have a pre-existing yeah. relationship and then the online telehealth format can support that but it's not a substitute for that so in our world in the therapeutic world it's quite difficult but i think people are doing really well in adapting to this format you know they really are Mm. Uh, it just happened that this all you know this lockdown the COVID 19 happened to align with me moving more towards writing those books and getting the books out so i had already made provision for doing less clinical work at this time thankfully i had finished most of that by the end of march just as this was all kind of ramping up so i'm really grateful for that so i'm doing some limited work and i'm doing that online yeah Okay. So, so, do you want to tell us about these books? Yeah. Oh, yeah. What? 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 You,
2: mean, you mean? Can we have a look at <laughs> it? Yay! If only we I were on it, it took me only fifteen minute minutes
3: to parent. I wish.
0: It oh, do you know, <laughs> don't, don't I wish that that's actually what it meant? I mean, I could retire <laughs> off a system like that. um But you know, the fifteen-minute parenting book. Right, I have zero to seven years and eight to twelve years out at the moment, and the teenage volume is coming later this year, and the reason it's 15-minute parenting is that over the course of all of my therapeutic work, working with families, especially busy families working outside of home as well as in the home, the most common phrase I heard from parents was, by the time we get, do traffic, childcare pickup, and get something at least mostly healthy on the table to eat, we're lucky if we have 15 minutes together before it's bedtime what can you do in 15 minutes? And so originally I developed the system I called fridge notes, which was these kind of downloadables on my website with the idea you could stick them to your fridge with really quick play in 15 minutes that you could do at a glance and go, okay, we're going to play this. We're going to play that. And that really then evolved from there into the model. So what I do is in the first book, zero to seven is really do a lot of the Early years development piece and looking at the attachment formation, but there's a huge kind of look inwards to parent outwards, a parental yeah. self, self audit, you know. Oh and you know well, do you know it's so interesting? And you know, being I'm, I'm obviously I do this professionally, but I'm also a parent, yeah. and I'm not my child's professional, I'm her parent. And yeah. you know yourself that the best way to discover your own unresolved issues is to be a parent. <laughs> um, I <Like>, know. <yeah. laughs> Oh yeah. <laughs> your kids yeah. open your stuff screaming to the surface. Yeah. Yeah. And that's really where I wanted the parental self audit to guide us. Because often by the time we snap and lose it with our kids, it's actually no longer because of what they did. It's what got yeah. activated in us when they did it. So if yeah. we can look at that and know those activation points, those trigger hotspots in us, that's a huge gift to our parenting toolkit mm-hmm. because we know. Oh, yeah, I see the button. You don't have to go looking for it. I have my own buttons. Thanks very much. (laughs) Um, And I think that that's really important. But I also think we got so busy in family life with doing. Do you know, like being busy became an emotion. You know, someone would say, how are you? And you'd say, oh, I'm busy. Busy. Busy's not yeah. a feeling, is an adjective. So, but we we embraced it as a badge of honor. You know, I'm so busy, no, I'm so busy. Let me out busy, you're busy. Yeah. And actually, our children don't love that about us. What they really want is that we do communication with them, not speak it. And again, that's where the 15 minute parenting model comes in, that if you can give 15 mindful, devoted mm-hmm. minutes, no phones, no pots boiling over, no cats screaming in the background, just being there that if you do have every single day that is enough because you're predictable and if you're yeah. predictable if your child can anticipate with certainty okay i know you're busy but i also trust that you're coming to me for our 15 minutes they're less yeah. likely to be pulling and dragging and hitting their brother as a way of getting your attention yeah. to come back in because i yeah. think what looks like that attention seeking behavior is actually a need for connection they do yeah. need that connection with us, and play is the simplest, cheapest, quickest way of doing yeah. that.
3: But well, they yeah. need
0: to feel they need to feel a sense of um,
3: like. I sounds quite weird, but a bit of devotion as well. Like they're um, like in my situation, my son is six years old, and I, I was saying when we knew you were going to come on, I was saying to Amy before I had my son Idris, I was in the car one day and I, I was listening to something and it was a woman talking about how she had children and the school had asked her to read a book to her child and she'd said she doesn't have time to read her child a book at night. So when I had Idris, I mean, we you know, we say, oh, I'm not going to let them watch too much TV, are not going to let them eat sweets, not gonna let them do- well, that all went out the bloody window as soon as, you know, as soon as he had teeth. <laughs> um, but one of the things that I have remained really firm on is my dedication to read Idris a book before he goes to bed, and it's it's reaped so many benefits for me as a parent, because Idris is very connected to books. He loves reading. He likes talking to me about adventures, and I've just realised in the six years. That was because I heard somebody say they didn't have time to read their child a book, and it really resonated with me, yeah. And I found it really sad. Um, so I would say this fifteen minutes dedication and it's like it's like a it's, it's like a marriage, isn't it of yeah. your child and yourself and how much how much you can give your child because yeah, it's really busy, a life is really busy. I mean quarantine like we're in all the time,
0: but I'm still busy. Oh, is doing more. Yeah, i know <laughs> but, but that you've just said so much there and i actually remember reading some research this is going back i think to 2012 that there was a study done on on parents who this particular study was parents who work outside of home but i don't yeah. know particular to that and 60 percent of the 300 surveyed said exactly what you've just said that they were too busy to read their child a story at night and oh. were using things like playing an audiobook instead but that's not no the same. No. because if you can do nothing, nothing else in your day but the bedtime story. Always do it and never use the bedtime story to incentivize or enhance no. behavior because it should be that one moment of meeting that you can guarantee your child yeah. to say, you know, you're coming down, you're sitting together. There's usually yeah. a nook of the arm thing going on and you're sharing this piece. And let's be honest, there is a little bunny or bear having every life crisis known to child <laughs> out <Yeah>. there. So <laughs> it's a great way of getting your parental agenda across as well. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
3: Totally. Yeah, and it's—I and it, guess it calms them for their sleep. You know, that's how how
0: I've always. Well, it does well. because children's books are written with rhythm and yeah. synchrony, and they yeah. do this kind of regulatory roller coaster wave yeah. through the narrative, and that actually is triggering the subsystems of their brains associated mm-hmm. with emotional regulation. So it is the perfect way to wind down yeah. at the end of a day. Wow, yeah. I wow. miss it actually because I don't. I don't do it
2: anymore. I did used to with both of them, but my eldest is nine, so she reads to herself. And yeah. I used to read to both of them, but and uh, Juno's six, so she reads to me. So yeah. she'll read her books to me. Love that. And then, but I'll be like, but you're still sharing. I'd read a story. Yeah, yeah, we are, but I do, because we were reading Harry Potter, mm-hmm. and I'm kind of, I think I'm halfway through the fifth book. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then one thing or another happened and now obviously with lockdown everything's upside down anyway yeah. but we'll normally I might watch them
0: let them watch a bit more telly yeah but, yeah. yeah maybe I should not yeah. I know but I think you know there's a couple of ways of looking at that if your nine-year-old wants to read on their own find out what she's reading and read the same book so you read it yourself yeah. and kind of read it at her pace so that every yeah. morning you've got it what did you think of that little twist or how did you think that way so that you've still got that connection through the narrative. And that's mm. such a lovely way for her to know that you're interested in what interests her or him. Yeah. You know, that, that really, really works. And the whole screen thing, like during these times, we have to embrace <laughs> like all screens are not created equal. First of all, like kids have, yeah. watching like a TV in a family room, they'll watch a bit, they'll play a bit, they'll, you know, they'll come in and out. Yeah, staring yeah. into a tablet is a bit different, but if you can structure that, And say it's a movie or a TV show they like and make it a scavenger hunt, you know, give them a list of household items they have to find in the scene of the movie and then compare out. What did you get? What did you miss? Where did you see it? Now it's an engagement activity. So, you know, it's really the 15 minute parenting concept is not supposed to be like, oh, my God, here's yet another thing I have to fit (laughs) into my day. It, It really is supposed to be. Look at what you're already doing, and how can you integrate this into yeah. your existing routine? Because I think as parents, we're doing way more than we give ourselves credit for. Mm. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And especially when you're um, a single parent, it's mm. you know it's it, it's
3: a little bit more challenging. It's a little bit more um, you know cooperative with your with your child. I mean, I was uh, another thing I was saying to Amy I don't think Amy quite gets this bit yet. But children are born manipulators. They really, really are. They are <laughs> military dictators. And you really have to... I'm always... I mean, maybe it's just my child. But um, I always have to be one step ahead of him constantly. And he, you know, he's great. If I ask him to you know, try and peel a carrot, I mean, it's the most frustrating thing. <laughs> ever, but I'll go with it. But... Um, Amy's children and, and my son—they're all friends. And when you watch them play, and when you watch them play with their parents and, and have a, a chat, you just realise, oh my gosh, you've got us wrapped around your little finger. Yeah. You oh really yeah. Are.
0: Do you know, they're, you're using that, you know, manipulative word. I'm going to positively reframe it as complex yeah, okay, negotiators. Yeah. You know, they're complex yeah, negotiators yeah. and they're okay. gifted. They are innate gifted at that. But do you know, what's really interesting is, you know, the second attachment cycle that kids go through, the so-called terrible twos actually, you know, from 12 to 24 months, it's about boundaries and limit setting. And, you know, so it's their job to say, you know, they, they'll say something like, you know, I want ice cream. And we'll say, no, you're having your dinner now. There's no ice cream. <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) and they will accept unlikely test or defy that limit they'll get louder i want ice cream i'm not having this dinner and then what's happened that's totally normal just utterly unpleasant but really normal it's what happens next if we lose the will to live and go oh for the love of god just have the ice cream i don't even care they learn that actually screaming is a really effective form of communication and every time you say no you want me to yell at you and then you're going to say yes (laughs) listen no problem i can do that i can do that all the time Um, so it's it's on us in that cycle to go, I hear you're screaming, but the answer is still no, at least most of the time. And nobody nails that all the time because sometimes no. the right answer is to give the ice cream. Yes. Sometimes, yeah, yeah. and you are not derailing their development by giving a pack of biscuits in the supermarket just to no. get the shopping done or a bribe to get them into the car seat at the back. You know, sometimes you just got to do in the moment what gets you through. But if you are yes. doing it mostly right most of the time, they internalize that it's not yeah. up to them when they get things. It's okay to want it, but it's actually on the safe, trusted adult in charge when they get that. And yeah. that's really, now no kid has ever said, thank you so much for those boundaries and limits. I really appreciate those. <laughs> no. But no. actually they do appreciate it in how they behave because they've got that sense of, do you know, there's somebody actually bigger, stronger, kind who's going to stop me in the situation getting out of control and that makes me feel safe and actually when I'm safe I'm better able to function and Mm. you know leave you and explore my world a bit and I know then when my little love cup is running empty and I've started to get a bit whingy and whiny that I actually can come back into you and you'll make it feel better for me yeah like that's all in that's all integral to that attachment yeah So, yeah, they are. I mean, they are absolutely wired to push our button. Yeah, they are. Yeah. yeah. So
3: do, do any of, have, have you ever tried any of these techniques on your own childhood that just didn't work, and then you had to go back and reinforce those boundaries?
0: Oh, absolutely. I, I'm raising a mini-me. I mean, the only thing I need to do is call <laughs> my mother and apologize. Like, no. I, I mean, I've got a, a three-year-old who yesterday said oh. just – just leave me alone. It's so hard to get a break. And I, oh. yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing else <laughs> to say to that. So absolutely. But we do this thing that I know works that when everything isn't working, when I'm doing the whole boundaries and holding the line and she's like, I see your line and I'm going yeah. <laughs> to, um, you know, what I do is I put on a song, anything. It could be, you know, the Rolling Stones or it could be Disney. It could be anything, just anything yeah. that goes on as soon as I hit play on the Spotify list or whatever. And we dance our moodies away. She okay. knows as that for the duration of that song, whatever it is, three and a half minutes, there's no talking, but we can stamp and get wacky and wild and wave our arms In like spin that. around. And it's again, that system of rhythm and synchrony because by the end of it, we're laughing and we're out of breath yeah. and you know, we're no longer fighting. We're yeah. no longer locked into that tension. So yeah. we do dance the moodies away. We would do That's that every nice. day as a good practice. That's but lovely. I, I think it's a nice one to have in your kind of pocket. Yeah. There. Because yeah. do you know what happens guys it's like if you think of like this being your brain like my hands here and you know not everyone can see this obviously but just your fingers this curly yeah. and your thumb on your on your palm and when we flip our lids okay that means that our neocortex our logical beautiful reasoning rational mm. obviously where we are all the time parts of our brain <laughs> they go offline and where we sink quickly then is to that feeling center of the brain that is just firing fight flight freeze just I mean and don't we all love to be right about things so if I'm I'm angry and irritated I'm looking for evidence that I'm right to be angry and irritated and that's because my emotional center is what's guiding me not that bit of my brain that goes you need to stop talking and open the window or get a bit of air or have a cup of tea or those strategies aren't available and it's the same our children at the best of times have loose lids like their lids job of growing up is to get that lid on a bit tighter so their lids tend to flip offline a lot quicker and they tend to go to their feeling part of their brain very very quickly and they're either all thinking or all feeling and it's hard for them to feel mm. their thoughts and think their feelings you know the way yeah. adults can so i always think if we can see ourselves as the thermostat in the room instead of the thermometer so if yeah. you walk in and you go whoa it's hot in here what can yeah. I do to bring the temperature of this situation down? Or gosh, they're like zombies in here and completely zoned out. I need to bring yeah. this energy up. Because if we go in as a thermometer, we just go, whoa, it's hot in here. And then we jump yeah. right in and we get hot with the situation. Yeah, yeah. But if we're the thermostat, we're controlling the heat of the situation. Yeah. Then they can co-regulate with us because it can't yeah. happen the other way around.
3: But it must be good to do dance your moodies away. For you later on in life. So, as an adult, um, I, I mean, even as a teenager, uh, you know, you kind of fall out with your parents, your mum or your brother or your sister, and you have a period where you don't speak, or you you feel, you know, like somebody has really hurt you so badly, so you don't speak to them, and this could go on into your relationships with your partners, and that's a really good way of teaching a child from quite a young age that actually it's okay to express feelings of yeah. hurt and emotion and and you know really reflect on it but yeah. once that's come to an end you 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 kind of have to get over it almost you it's do. it's building yeah, yeah. resilience isn't it it's that resilience in in adults and young people that actually we don't see a lot of anymore it's it's yeah. we need to bring it back in
0: we almost, oh, i think that, you're so
3: that's, amazing. yeah that, yeah. that dance in the moodies is like i,
0: I really love that. Yeah, right. Yeah, and I just I and I, you're that. never too old to dance your moodies away. I think we could all do with a bit no. of that in our lives. Yeah. yeah. You know what you're talking about there is actually rupture and repair because rupture yeah. in everyday relationships, it happens. Like it yeah. happens in adult relationships and then the parent child relationship, the parent teen, the parent young adult. We kind of niggle at each other whatever's going on our lids are a bit loose and we have a row or we snap at each other or things get out of hand and that happens multiple times a day it's yeah. actually what happens next that's really important it's that piece of the and as an adult owning it and being able to go in and say yeah. you know my feelings got a bit loud there and I got yeah. really cross and I yelled and I shouldn't have yelled and I'm sorry about that and yeah. coming down to their level and being able to make repair and there's nobody more forgiving of their parents than a small child who'll just say that's okay and then but you're teaching them that actually it's okay for us to come apart because our relationship is strong enough to bring us yeah. back together and we're teaching them how to make repair which they can then do with their little buddies when they fall out so that yes. they're not always having to go to the adult in charge and say he said she said they did that one didn't instead they can actually work out we're not agreeing right now yeah. but we can get back together and i think yeah. that's really important because we know actually even the research backs up that when you have a rupture followed by a relational repair actually growth and development happens in the relationship yeah. and that's what children are about you know we're about yeah i agree them. totally and that must happen you know
3: all the time we every kind of situation that you have that, that system is always you know continuing um Amy you've your your daughter uh Lola is nine isn't she (laughs) she is Um, nine and honestly this this she's an incredible nine-year-old
2: in my opinion she is so adult isn't she
0: yeah
2: but she's always Uh, has been when she was um when she was in the pram when she was i guess just over a year she didn't want to sit in the pram i had to hold her and she'd push the pram she's always (laughs) been up next and she's in herself she's always thinking about what's happening next like she never really enjoys what's going on she always wants to know what we're doing next and she does she wants to be 25 yeah she was yesterday she was like when can i start wearing makeup and i'm like 16 (laughs) 16 she's like can i be 13 i was like no (laughs) There's
0: a girl in year six that wears mascara. I was like, does she get sent home to take it off? I know, but, but no. you know, it, it's, it's that bit of being in the moment and I think, you know, and it's why I felt really strongly actually about writing the second book purely for eight to 12 years, Yeah, because middle childhood is so under-discussed. We tend to focus on those important early formative years and then we jump forward to those tricky adolescent years and we tend yeah. to catapult yeah. over eight to 12 and actually middle childhood is such an important stage of child development. So much happens that actually is how they kind of pull themselves out of that dependence of early childhood and get ready to kind of break up with you in teenage yeah. years. Yeah, you know. Yeah. And I always think, you know, that's so. Our young kids are in love with us; we're perfect. We can do. Yeah, no well.
3: our teenagers
0: it. are intensely disappointed in us. We're just <laughs> got to let down. And middle childhood is the bit that we get used to that because in middle childhood they oscillate between depending on us and wanting to be yes. independent. Yeah. Yeah. They swing wildly between extreme confidence and extreme self-doubt. Yeah. And yeah. it's a, it's that phase of us supporting them through that, that gets us ready to Teflon coat ourselves. So the onslaught of adolescence will just slide off us when that happens. Oh. But middle childhood, you know, Everything you're describing is so interesting there from a nine-year-old perspective because that's synaptic pruning in the brain. The brain is literally pruning away synapses that are surplus to requirement now to create space for the adolescent brain development yeah. which is immense. So you also will see in your nine 10 11 year olds they get this pronounced sense of justice and fairness usually as it applies to them yeah, you know, no better than a nine-year-old when you say no to something like makeup to say on a Tuesday six weeks ago at 9 32 a.m it was raining outside and you told my sibling that they could do this and they will. and you're going I don't know what yeah. I did yesterday so I have no argument here yeah. but they are they have that heightened sense of what's right and what we really want to do is try to channel that in a healthy way so whether yeah, yeah. in causes the environment veganism you know um equality yeah. rights when they're interested we want to encourage that interest because yes. it's a healthy yeah. Channel. Yeah. For that and yeah. it keeps away from us and into their cause that they can devote themselves to. But you'll see causes come in now, what they really believe in ah, is yeah. starting to kick in. And it's such a gorgeous time, I think, to watch. Yeah, it,
2: yeah, it is. She's been wanting to become a vegan for the last yeah year or two. I've, I've got an older sister and she's got three daughters who are all like ten years older than mine, and they're all vegans. And um, so Lola wants to be a vegan, but she does really like meat.
0: So it's a bit of, a, yeah. <laughs> yeah. A bit of an yeah. issue. Tell, tell yes. her though, that, you know, when the time comes that meat <laughs> yeah. and food now has become scarily meat-like. You know, I don't know what yeah. Yeah. Doing, but the <laughs> Substitutes are scarily... I've been a vegetarian actually since... I never really liked meat. And so it was more textured um, than anything else. Yes, so yeah. For me, there was an initial excitement with the sort of rise in veganism yeah. itself, the choices expanded hugely. But now I'm looking at, oh, the texture is quite meat-like in some of yeah. the... And it, it's yeah. a, because I do, maybe people like meat, but they don't want to. So she has yeah. choices. But that's choice. exactly what you see happen at nine years old. Yep. Ah. So what are some so, of the things that you recommend yeah. for that age, play-wise? I think it's a lot about communication so I like to do a lot of you know one person sit on one side of the room and another here and have her as the go-between and she has to go over and you tell her something and she has to bring it back and relay it to the other person and bring it back a response and see what gets lost what can get retained and what gets lost I like to do the little art thing you know where I might describe an object and she has her back to me and she has to draw based on my description oh, I like that. Tell Yeah. Me what it is because I'm really emphasizing that abstract Use of language and using descriptive language to convey a meaning. And I do a lot of visualizing the feelings with that age group. So when they're kind of in their feeling, they're really in it. And I might say, okay, well, hang on, where does that feeling live in your body? Like, think right now, where is it in your physical body? Okay, it's in your tummy. And what color is it, by the way? Oh, it's a red feeling in your tummy. And is it big or small? What size is it? What shape is it? Is it smooth on the edges or rough? You know, is it heavy or light? and you know just to get them to really feel that feeling and own it and then I might say if it was an animal what kind of animal would it be and where would that animal live like if you Mm. see it in the environment where is it is it in a zoo is it in a wide open plain is it in a garden what's going on with that and helping them to kind of think about their feelings because we're trying to close that gap a bit about how I think and how I feel so that I'm better able to tell you what's going on Mm. but I don't have to always scream it at you able to tell you the story behind my behavior, because this is the age where we really see that overt behavior is underpinned by a physical and emotional state. But it's now at eight to 12 that I need to be able to develop a narrative around that for myself. I need to be able to say, you know, I'm feeling like this because of that. And then this happened and I can give it to you in a relational. Mm -hmm. So we've got to I like to do a lot of feelings, reflective work and empathy building. So empathy, the, like, it's not like they nail it at four years old now, but around that age is, is when no. they get the capacity for it. You know, like, if you take even just two two pens or take anything, two objects in your hand, and they have them talk to each other, you know, that little... Yeah. Small yeah little animals trains whatever it is and that stage of play is actually about developing a capacity for empathy because you have to be able to think about a situation from two perspectives at the same time yeah doesn't mean i agree with you but i have to accept it as another point of view and now you're going to take that further in this middle childhood stage and you're going to be thinking about i wonder if this thing that you're bothered about if it happened to you i wonder if you were in another position and how i do that is i might say tell me the story but you can only tell me the story from your friend's point of view yeah. I want you to imagine what they're and if they jump in to clarify I'm gonna go no that's your story you have to yeah. tell it from their point so yeah. that they can accept that there's another view they don't have to agree with it but then yeah. that helps how they relate to you that you can say yeah. I accept how you're feeling I just don't agree with what you want what an
2: amazing thing to teach a child because wouldn't it
0: be such a better place if
2: everyone thought like that
1: life is full of what ifs some awesome like what if ai could fold your laundry and some well less awesome like what if you have unexpected medical costs united healthcare can help get you covered with health protector guard fixed indemnity insurance plans
0: And it's yeah. so, it's so important, you know, and we get confused that if I accept your point of view, I must agree with you and that's yeah. not it. They're not no. the same. thing. No. Yeah.
3: That's and it, it's okay to disagree. It's all right to be, have, have, it's, it's okay to debate, it's okay to, it's healthy. I mean, the one thing I would say is, you know, listening to your voice. I mean, I would just accept anything, anywhere. Yeah, think my childhood. Yeah. You have got yeah. the most amazing you voice. Really I'm sorry, you really have. With your little speech, it's like, oh wow, I could just put my head <laughs> on the pillow and go to sleep. It's very, but you know what tone and mm. you know the way you speak is also really important, especially. When they are moving into that nine, oh, ten, eleven, twelve, yeah, it's a novelty, isn't it? We're yeah, because you raise it,
0: yeah, and they yeah.
3: raise it, you raise again, and it's like that's gone out the
0: window. And do you know, yeah. do you know, actually, a great game for that that you can play at at this age as well is jelly and ice cream. So oh. what what you're going to do is you're going to say to to your kids. Um, I'll be jelly you be ice cream every time I say jelly you have to say ice cream back to me now it actually doesn't matter if, because it's actually hard to think of a different word in the same way (laughs) so you know it doesn't matter if they get it wrong what matters is they stay connected to you so if I say jelly you say ice cream but you have to say it the same way I do so if I yell it jelly they have to yell ice cream but if I whisper jelly and I can bring that up and down. And my favourite way of doing that is when they get into the car, or whatever you're walking <laughs> home from school, and you, as parents, we make that mistake of saying, "How was your day?" Oh, yeah. and, you know, they're going to go, mm, "Grand." Mm, mm, yeah. nothing, mm,
3: what did nothing. you have for dinner,
0: Yeah. <laughs> so instead, if you actually say, "I see that you're actually kind of in that grumpy, low state," so I'm going to start my jelly ice cream quite low and bring it up, and then settle and okay. the I'm co-regulating you using the prosody of my voice, that musicality, pitch, voice, yeah. tone, and that's play. You're playing yeah. as soon as you do yeah. that. And you know what? It's true.
3: We do ask our children, how was your day? Yeah. Without actually realizing a child has, you know, got to probably 20 past three and has had enough. Totally. They don't want to ask, answer any more questions much less <laughs> think about what they had at one o'clock in the afternoon no, and they're not bothered they're not interested no and it but feels we like we was... really offended yeah. we get so offended when they can't answer
0: but you what know the, like? the better way of doing it is not even in the moment but a little bit later that everyone takes yeah. a turn to say what was the best bit of your day and yeah. what bit would you like to change don't do worse bits just what bit would you like to yeah. change And then even as the parent, I mean, you might say that the best bit of my day is coming home to you, but eventually they'll roll their eyes and go, get real. Um, So you want to (laughs) say, I love getting home to you, but what helped me get here was the fact that that delivery or that phone call or email I was waiting on came in on time. And I was so glad uh, because we're teaching them we have highs and lows in our day, but we can get through them. So and then they tell you what their best bit was and what bit they'd like to change, and we just accept that. We don't want to judge and say really, and what could you do about that, and why did you do that, and why did you, you know. So okay. And then we can all move on. And if you start that young and keep it as a little family tradition, um, you know, if you're getting two bits of information out of them every day as a teenager, oh, you doing really, really well. Yeah. So I think that's a really nice way of letting them understand that the highs and lows, because I think the biggest thing that we're guilty of as parents th- these days is, you know, twofold. First of all, we are afraid to let our kids be bored. We're afraid that they'll have nothing to do. We're denying them the opportunity for that creativity and desire that that state of boredom allows. If they say they're bored, you want to say, that's exciting. I can't wait to see what you come up with to do. Um, You know, we want to go, yay, boredom. Because actually, if we keep jumping in as their entertainers, they don't actually learn what gives them pleasure. And that's such an important thing in life. But also we rescue them from every struggle that they have. As soon as they're having a bad day or a bad moment or a difficult time with a little pal or something father, we go in two feet first, rescue mode. I'm gonna go down to the school, I'm gonna call the other parent, I'm gonna talk to this. Tell me what I'll fix it, I'll fix it. And actually I have worked with hundreds of kids this age who overwhelmingly say, I didn't want them to do anything. I just want to be heard because it's much better that they tell you what's going on and you buy yourself thinking time by just reflecting back. So what I've understood is because then they can see, no, that's not what I said. And then the important question is, is there anything you would like me to do about this? They get to say, no, I got it. I think I can work this out. Now you you won't check in in two or three days and say about that thing. Is it still okay? But I think we have to let them struggle so that they can find their way out of it. Yeah, I think it's really important. important. Oh, it really is.
3: I think that is one of the most important things um, because we, you're right, we do as parents, we want to protect and, you know, we want to make sure that our children are not uh, in the line of fire all the time. But I think one of the the strongest things is that they can negotiate themselves out of situations. They also might be... catalyst for somebody else's, you know development around that area and challenges absolutely you know so it's it's it makes sense to to let them figure it out and it's yeah it's 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 really difficult though sometimes to stand back or (laughs) it's it's, uh it's, (laughs) it's something that we need to learn as parents and it is it's true, isn't it? When when we have children, you, you, I mean, I was given books, I was given, I was given all kinds of things, and you know, told to read this and do that. And my my mum gave me advice, and you know, old, you know, people who had had children before gave me advice. But in the end, it's almost, it's almost like um, your your child dictates the way you parent yeah. a lot of the time. Um, and yes, you do have experiences from your own childhood, of course, some of them not some of them are not great, you know some of them aren't my um I hope I don't talk out of turn here with my mum, but my mum we were in a house. <laughs> she'll kill me. Um, we were in a house, my brother had cystic fibrosis, um so she cared for my brother a lot. there was me, I was the second child, and then she had two. She had uh, two babies as well, my brother and my sister. And she used to shout a lot, a Mm -hmm. lot. And I remember going through that, you know, whenever I had really challenging times at work or personal life, I'd start to get really shouty. And then I realized, oh, my God, I'm doing exactly what she did. Yeah, so it it's like it's it's really important to regulate yourself. With, but think.
0: you know that yeah. that aha moment you had is so interesting mm-hmm. because I think all of those experiences that we have growing up, they're like a breadcrumb trail. Okay, mm. I always think of that kind of hippocampus part of the brain as like a filing cabinet. We just put little things in there. And we say Do you yeah. know later now, and it stores up those. But the thing with those nemic, those kind of whisper memories, is until we interweave them with narrative, until we te- speak. Mm. Story, they just stay there like a little breadcrumb trail there we haven't knitted together yet no, so when yeah. you have that moment of you're shouting and you have that question why am I shouting or someone says to you yeah. why are you shouting and you suddenly go oh it's because of and you make the connection yeah. really quickly now yeah. you get it and you get that about yourself and this is what always makes me smile when people say I'm going to be a this parent you know and whatever <laughs> of parenting that they <laughs> adopt and I kind of go good luck with that and yeah. you know because actually what happens is when in parenting we can't do that cognitively alone no as it's yeah. a relational emotional experience and and connection and when we're parenting our kids our own attachment system is activated and whatever yeah. is in there good bad and indifferent that's what guides our parenting not yeah. anything that we've, you know, and you can make conscious choices, you can do a therapeutic journey to say, yes. I need to process some of that so yeah. that I don't do that same thing. I really don't want to, but I know I can't just flick it off like a light switch, Yeah, not to do it in a different way. And I think that's why the parental self audit to repeat that, that's not a one off thing, but to kind of revisit yeah. Why is it I do those things and to get curious about it, but also to understand about the kind of strategies that we have in growing up in our families and siblings, particularly if I have a sibling who has medical needs, because the level of parenting attention that that sibling requires is more than what I required. And it may have felt very unequal, but actually it was equitable. We all got yeah. enough. We yeah. got our needs met. Yeah. And that doesn't mean because someone had greater needs than me that they got more than me. We both got enough. We got yeah. the same. Yeah. And I think that's, that's something that takes, I mean, listen, that can take people their whole lives together. I know. And, yeah. you
2: know. I know.
0: It really is important to go back there to those uncomfortable places and allow ourselves to feel the things that we feel about it. Because you know that transition from being the child of a parent to the parent of a child is a huge jump. Yeah, it's massive. And
3: and it's like, you know, I think therapy, because I've I've had counselling before and I think that that has helped me to stand back from certain situations. You know, when when I've been able to take time out from my schedule, busy schedule and just process certain situations or things that are going on, they've been really valuable to me, mm. yeah. for me to then come back into the family life and parent more effectively. Thank and you. like you say, more positively, because that's, we don't have children for vote. they're not children for very long. No. You know, no. it, I think you get 18 years if that, of of you know really being in the house with each other and you know having wonderful times difficult times upsetting times memories cries tears laughs everything 18 years isn't actually that long so to be very positive about how you parent yeah it takes it takes steps and it's yeah and it's everybody in in the unit I mean whether you're in a relationship with somebody new, married mm-hmm. to somebody, or whether that, you know, the co parent is outside the, the home. I mean, that's another difficult scenario. Yeah. To, yeah. You know, we, we have to do these things, you know, the FaceTime calls, and your child doesn't want to yeah. always take those FaceTime calls, or when it's time to do that transitioning, going to their, you know, the dads, that there might be some emotions that the child then. And you have to, it's like, oh God, it's like a mindless And
0: and the FaceTime thing is tricky for kids. It's easier if the other parent can play a game through the phone because the game will draw me in. To have a chat on the phone is a very adult thing to do. And so kids are kind of like, I said, hi, what more do you want from me? I'm not a clown. (laughs) But if if it's a game, you know, I think that's a really nice way of doing it. If it's to sing a song together, that's a nice way of doing it. Yeah. I also think, you know, when it comes to co that one of the things we have to practice is radical acceptance and that is that that might not be the way that I would do it or the way that I would say it but actually I have to accept that it's your way of doing, yeah. it, doing it and there are certain things that are absolute needs like if your child has asthma they need to take their inhalers no matter yeah. if, no matter which of us they're with yes but yeah. if they're outside and they have a coat on but not zipped up That might not be something I would do.
2: But yeah. that's not
0: something that's worth going to battle over because that's not life and death.
1: That's yeah, actually yeah.
0: different parenting. And I think that is an ongoing challenge with co-parenting. And yeah. that's, it's not that that dynamic doesn't exist. If you're in a relationship, it does because you've got enough yeah. two parenting styles, but actually co-parenting is more difficult because if you say something, you, you don't want to be perceived as being antagonistic or yeah. trying to say you're not good enough when actually you're trying to say, it's not the way I would do yes yeah mm. yeah yeah
3: how would how would you deal I mean we've had this question quite a few times but how would you deal with a with a child that potentially doesn't feel like their other parent listens to them and therefore doesn't want to go and spend time how would you deal with that situation
0: yeah I mean I would try not to get pulled into whether the parent does or doesn't listen I would try and go with the feeling so how does it feel okay. for you when you're not you don't think you're being listened to. You don't think it's how else could you say this? That might be an easier way to get heard. Now, depending on the age, I'm thinking eight to 12 for that piece. Otherwise I would be focused on, tell me the most fun thing you guys did when you were together and what would you like to change? I would do it on that. If you Mm. have a co-parenting relationship that is healthy enough for you to say, look, he or she finds this a little bit tricky when it happens here. And I'm starting by saying, I'm not saying it's a you thing. I'm saying when it happens here, this is what I do. And I find it really works. So, you know, whatever you're doing with, I'm just telling you what I find works, but I'm also framing it that sometimes our child struggles with X and when they struggle with X here, This is what I do. And that's a little bit more of, I'm naming the the problem, but I'm not saying it's you, it's with you. you yeah. only you, and it never happens here. Because yes. actually yeah. immediately that's activating the other person's attachment system. Yeah, They're going to sink to a place of where they go when they feel that critical parent voice yeah. Coming yeah. At them. and they'll probably go to petulant child as a response, yeah. you know, do a, what are you saying? You're saying this and you get yeah. that kind, and now you're fighting. And yeah. actually in that space, it's a soundproof wall. Nothing. Yeah. nobody learns anything yes. and now you're just tossing back and forth a hot potato of tension and you end up then saying well go on then just go your child picks up something has happened i really don't want to go now
3: yeah, yeah. okay that's 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 a really good advice
2: actually. yeah it is um also i want to know how do you think children will be affected by what's going on now being at home all the time with their parents or the transition back to school where they're in obviously limited size classrooms they can't touch their friends
0: yeah, no, and no, and we still, you know, certainly, you know, here in Ireland as well, we still don't have a, a clear picture of what that's going to look like. We, we're getting an idea now and there's maybe this and maybe that, but we can't tell our kids for sure, you're going to go into your classroom, yeah. you're going to be sitting here, you'll actually only be going two and a half days a week, otherwise you're going to do some home learning. We don't know exactly <sighs> yeah. the yet. And actually in that state of uncertainty, that's allowing the worries, the uh-oh feelings that kids have about it to kind a bubble and simmer even just below the surface now Mm. some of the kids particularly the families that I've been working with where actually children may have had some anxiety and some difficulties anyway some of those kids have been doing really well during this time yeah. because the source of their anxiety may have been school they're yeah. at home now they're learning yeah. better they're you know turning in their schoolwork. they're thriving and yeah. that's going to be a difficult transition for them I always think in all of this about the children for whom school was their sanctuary school was their safe place yeah, yeah. and they've been you know denied that and maybe their lockdown time has been particularly stressful those children are going to come back saturated in stress that they yeah. haven't had any reprieve from and they're going to need additional sports. we know that so we should be planning for that now and teachers yeah. are incredibly wise like they know the kids in their class who are struggling and that we need to be empowering our teachers to have the resources to yeah. anticipate the needs of the kids coming back I think that's really mm. important I think in general we have to expect that our children have only had us and we've emphasized that, you know, we've been telling them to phone to people, don't be touching people, don't be doing it. And and now we're saying, could you leave me? And they're going crazy. You're all I have, you know? So I think that we have to anticipate that we're certainly going to have six to eight weeks of potentially regressed behaviors, you know, that we can see and hear things that we haven't seen or heard for many years. I think if your eight-year-old suddenly starts behaving emotionally like a five-year-old, meet them there parent them like you would a five-year-old don't demand that they be the big girl or the big boy but let them know accept and empathize you know I always think when in doubt go to A&E acceptance and empathy I accept that this is difficult for you and I'm really sorry that you're having a hard time I wonder what I can do to help you with it at no point of that am I saying you're not going to school yeah, because you're going to school. Going, let yeah. me help you through the difficult time it is because I mm. get that. I understand, yeah. and I think as parents, it's going to be difficult for us to let our kids go as well because you know that whole instinct of I know they're safe with me. I know I can protect yeah. them. From this. Yeah that's actually very difficult as well uh, i think it is worth reaching out to your school your school community and actually seeing could there be a little video classroom tour could the teacher that your child because they're going to have had a premature ending with the teacher they had you know that was that, yes, yeah. very short they're going to go back maybe to a new teacher that, and there it'd be useful if that yeah. teacher could send a hello, Billy, you know, I'm really looking forward yeah. to seeing you in September and this is the kind of stuff we're going to be learning together. And, you know, just something that they go, oh, I can hold you in mind. And I know that I'm being held in your mind. Yeah. That's yeah. helpful to get them to Yeah.
3: Do you, do you think that, um, I know in my situation, I'm homeschooling, I've got, I've, because of the way Idris is, he's got loads of energy I've had to be quite structured and I've got quite a demanding job. So my schooling is very structured and, you know, he's, I think he's come on leaps and bounds, but I, I always worry about pushing him too too much. And, you know, on the weekends we actually have downtime. But do you think this, this whole kind of situation that we're in might actually get schools to think about how they, you know, deliver their classes and also maybe you know putting in some things about well being oh, and no. you know we I mean, our school does yoga and honestly yeah the kids love it yeah they love it it's really important I think
0: yeah I think that is really important and I think this is a unique opportunity for us all to reflect on how we have typically um, understood learning in its traditional sense that it's more than a classroom-based process mm. and it's more than academic if children are playing they're learning play is their language
1: yeah. it's how
0: they process the stimulus of their day like if you really want to know how your child's day was play with them it's happening on the floor they are working it all out they use play as a way to deepen their understanding of situations i think at home we have this unique opportunity again to expand learning yeah teach them how to load and unload the dishwasher yeah grumble an egg you yeah. know, where the laundry lives you know, and to actually teach some life skills and yeah. I think that that's learning I think putting them outside and giving them a little corner if you have a garden that they can you know plant yeah. seeds and nurture and develop them and if they overwater them there's learning in that too they know the next yes. time not have to do that yeah. so we don't want to be going out and rescuing their plants either for them but just letting them explore their environment they're learning and I yeah. think that, that is really important Because I think the huge pressure in this on parents is that multiplicity of roles. I'm to be the parent. I'm supposed to work work like I'm not a parent. I'm supposed to be delivering Mm. on work as if I was in the office. And I'm supposed to be teaching my child all at once. You know, yeah, I mean, yeah. it's not possible. So yeah. I can give ourselves a break from from the sort of classic rote learning and actually look beyond that to more creative mm. learning and life learning. And I really do. I hope that certainly is the lesson coming out of this that learning can change. Yeah. I yeah. also hope we all come out of this as a society, as a global society, where we really embrace meaningful, family friendly work policies. Yeah. Actually, people yeah. can work from home and yep. should be allowed to work from home. Absolutely, actually, we shouldn't ask parents to pretend they're not parents so that they can have yeah. a career. But yes, we so. should be understanding that actually, it's a little from column A, a little from column B, and if we work collaboratively through this, yeah. everybody does better. Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. Hundred percent. I, I
0: agree.
3: I agree because yeah. I, I'm happier. I'm happier working from home. Yeah, my ha- My home is happier. My four walls, my little house with two little people in it is a very happy home. I, yeah. And it is a difficult situation that we're all in. But I, like, you know, I, I always say, yeah, well, we're adapting, we're laughing, we're having fun. And the, the nice thing is when, um, when Idris does go back to school, in his first year of primary school, We'll have had what nine months with each other. Yeah, that's unique. That's so unique. Yeah, that's not ever happened ever. And I will have we will have all had that time, but that's that's so amazing to me. Yeah, that I will have seen each day, I will have seen him grow into year two. And I'll know, yeah, you're ready, you're you're absolutely ready emotionally physically you're ready for that journey but it's amazing I'm just taking all the good things out of it and I do I do look at that is me anyway you know you know that's how I do look at things but it is very simple your your children and yourself you have to have to try and figure out ways to deal with
0: these situations I think that's actually so true because actually you know that's how our children think as well you know young children will do so much with so little like they don't mm -hmm. need huge stuff in fact the stuff is a distraction I mean yeah and that's one of the the principles of the books that for me is that play is not a box of toys in the corner play is the state of mind it's a way of being and we should be playful in how Mm. we parent our kids to instill in them that playful nature because that will stand to them as they grow and develop and help them to find the positives in the serious times of life and i think they can only do that if they are playful in their way of being
3: Mm. yeah so um i just want to ask you one last question really when you were growing up um or, or, or if I was to, to meet your family, what would your family say about you growing up? Would they say that you were rebellious or would they say you were quite uh, well-natured? How, how, what was your kind of experience growing up?
0: Oh, so I'm the second of five children, and I grew up with both my parents. But we, our house was on the same the same property as my paternal grandmother and my paternal aunt as well. So we shared the back garden. We two different families had the same back garden, and so I grew up with kind of this kind of global parenting so if okay. my mom was in a bad mood or given out to us we would just hop over the wall into my granny's and she would nothing. Yeah. and so oh, we had nice. you know, it was always that balance so but i think you know and i feel very privileged to have had you know yeah. that kind of collective you know communal type of of growing up um in, in at home but we're very different so i think you know it, I'm, my immediate thing was it depends on which of my siblings you'd ask but i think <laughs> over, overall um i think the word would probably be determined okay. you know I, I was probably born determined and stay that way that i could never accept somebody saying that's not possible because i would go of course it is we just haven't thought about it enough like of course yeah. it's possible so and i have held on to that i think so yeah that's lovely I, that's what they that would say yeah, yeah. that is Aww. lovely
3: that's a really nice thing to, to end yeah. on as well, I think. Well, thank uh, you. Yeah, yeah thank, thank you so, so much. much. That
2: was such a lovely chat. And I really feel like I've learned that a lot. <laughs> oh, yeah, it was I've, so
3: nice. Oh, thank Absolutely. you. <laughs> I've,
2: yeah,
3: I'd love to get you on again as well, definitely. Oh, thank yeah, you we'll, so much. Yeah, and we'll make sure that we um, put your book out and we, get, and we get a picture of you with your book. Oh, yeah, um, yeah, yes. for sure. Yeah.
0: Um, Lindsay Literally. would have all of those as well. So, Lindsay, no you yes. anything like that. I've got all the yeah, stuff. Yeah, I've
3: really enjoyed that.
0: I really, yes, I really I. enjoyed it. Me that. too, it was great.
3: Brilliant. All right. <laughs> Thanks. See you. Thank you. Bye. Take care. Bye, darling. Bye
2: bye. We did that at the same time. What do you have jinx? to say? Oh, jinx, jinx with a little finger, and then say you can't speak for.
3: Oh, until someone so, says, says your name. name, but
2: we're the we're the only hey, thing in the room. <laughs> Harry, <laughs> hey. <laughs> so, what did you think of that? Everybody, I loved it. I know. You I loved listened it. to it twice anyway beforehand, just because I like the sound of her voice so much, and bitch. I love all that shit. I yeah. want to be a psychotherapist. You need a psychotherapist. I, <laughs> a psychotherapist. <laughs> I miss talking to my psychotherapist actually because I just you, I find it one. so interesting. Yeah. yeah, no, it is, and I think that she. Um,
3: she brings about a new sense of kind of learning around. I yep. think you can get really quite blinkered when, with your child. Yep. You know, when they when they do the same
2: thing, you think one thing is definitely gonna work when in reality it doesn't. Yeah. 100%. So you've got to change it up a bit. Yeah. And also they just I am the worst person for being busy because I'm I'm a single parent and I've got a lot of jobs and I do a fucking podcast. What? Like you're busy, but <laughs> busy sunbathing. Busy sunbathing in the garden. That's what you ever do, and, Amy. I know. When, um, I, when I when I speak to you, or when you do
3: FaceTiming, in, you're just in the garden <laughs> having a sun tan. On. I
2: know. But I I've got a I'm busy being a ginger, I. Yeah. So I need all the help I can get. You're not but anymore. It, it was a wake up call to me to be like, no. I mean, I do. To be fair, the examples that she gives, I am quite playful with my kids anyway, and I do, I didn't. It didn't make me feel bad because I was worrying that I was going to feel like I'm the worst parent in the world. But it actually reassured me. But it did make me think that I want to make more of an effort just to make sure that the kids know that I really <coughs> love them yeah. and I'm not just going to work all the time. But what I'm really excited about is her next book for the teenagers yeah. because that's going to be, I think, the hard yeah. one.
3: Yeah, and I like the concept of you know just spending you know, some structured time with your child yeah. doing something that, that they want to do so that it, it they get that sense of, oh, right, okay, they know that it's coming the next day. They know that they can grab your attention for yeah. 15 minutes. It's really important. And I love the bit about the, um, you know, if, if, if there's like tantrums or things don't go right, they ha- they do that little dance.
2: Yeah. Yes, dancing away your mood is. Dancing way your mood is. Your mood yes. Is. I'm gonna tell you to do that when you're having a mood I is. do do it. I do have a little dance. And we dance, we dance in our house. I make the girls' the dance arms to come drum up. and bass. Do My arms I'm always out. come out and now Lola, that's how Lola started dancing. Oh, it's geez. brilliant. Oh no. We've <laughs> got to stop that. We've got to stop that. Well she kinda of does that in a bit of like weird hip hop dancing, which I don't know where she's got it from. That's definitely not you. No. That, that might be s- not aren't you. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Auntie Nicole, that is definitely not Aunt Sarah. Oh God. Oh yeah. gosh.
2: And June can twerk.
3: That's like good.
2: she really can. And you're I proud mean, of that, aren't you? I am in a weird way because I just I really can't do it. It's really hard. We have all tried. Yeah, but she's just smashed it. And I've got big bums, like, so I should be able you. to do it. But I... I mean, she can't do it in front of anyone ever. Ever. But I'm like, no. it's a skill, isn't it? Definitely. 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 But yeah, but I hope you enjoyed it. Please contact us if there's anything you'd like to discuss. Yeah, and, and get the book um Fifteen Minute Parenting. Yeah, it's a really good book. Joanna Fortune. So she's got the 0 to seven and then eight to twelve, I believe, for yeah, the yeah. ages. And we'll wait, and we'll we'll ping that out. Yeah. And then the teenage ones come in in the autumn, I think she said, didn't she? Yeah, well, so, yeah. That one. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Mama Mama, 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 Mama Mama follow and share
3: us about. Yeah, uh, please send us out on your network so we get more than two listeners this Work. week. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bye <laughs> for <nuts. Work>.
2: Yeah, <laughs> exactly. But yeah, take, take, take care. care. Bye.
3: Hi, this
1: is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win.